Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good evening, folks. It's time for your Tuesday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories. And it is Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. We're going to have some changes, a little bit of adjustments for the rest of the week. I think we'll actually only do one more, that being on Wednesday. Jeff, I think you're going to handle that tomorrow. Yep. Um, basically, Jeff on his own, because uh, David and I are taking off for the for Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot, guys. So <laughs> we'll just leave Jeff to, to talk on his own for, for, for a little while tomorrow. Um, Listeners love when that happens. Yes. <laughs> hey, we get decent download numbers, Jeff, when you're actually on something. <laughs> Don't sell yourself, sell yourself short. Not as much as when we have uh, folks from Idaho on. Downloads are huge then, but, uh, yeah. you know, we get good numbers when you're on. But let's actually get into the news now that we've made the small talk. Basically, we're trying to just avoid actually doing the, the, the news portion of this podcast. Yes. Um, but um, things to focus on, obviously, as we go into Thanksgiving, um, you know, DMV, AAA offering some uh, important tips, things that they want folks to know about. Also, that they're expecting to do a lot of work over the Thanksgiving holiday as well. Um, David, you talked to AAA they're expecting this to be a busy holiday and a busy holiday for, for them as well, correct? They are. Uh, they were saying, you know, based off of last year's uh, numbers, because they're expecting travel numbers roughly pretty similar to last year. Uh, and last year they had, uh, in Virginia alone, uh, 6,500 stranded drivers over Thanksgiving. Uh, so, you know, they're expecting to be pretty busy over over the holiday um and so they're just asking people to please double check their cars before they hit the road make sure that everything is still in working order and in good condition uh before you uh head out on uh, to think wherever you're going to thanksgiving um and to also have an emergency kit ready uh in case you do wind up waiting for triple a on the side of the road because let me tell you, if you're, you have to call them, I mean, they'll come and they'll more than gladly come, but it's going to take a little while if they're doing that many uh, trips over the Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. Um, so now uh, also the DMV um, says they're, they're open for business sort of over the Thanksgiving holiday as, as someone who actually needed to do a DMV thing last year over Thanksgiving and, or maybe it was two years ago over Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, realized that he couldn't actually set up the appointment and go in or, you know, just walk in at that time. Um, you know, you sort of become aware that, you know, those offices are closed. And you have to find other ways to get some stuff done over those. Yes, offices. they are. Yes, they'll be open digitally. Uh, they'll be open via the, their website, uh, which they do a lot of DMV services now over the web. Um, and so, uh, yeah. They'll be open and they're also taking right now to really uh, implore people to wear their seatbelts was the other thing they talked to me about. Yeah, understood. Obviously, that's, you know, tied to the the traffic on the holidays as well. I will tell you the one thing that I needed to do at the DMV 
which was uh, get somebody a learner's permit a couple of years ago. Um, that is not something you can do online. They apparently no, just hand, out, hand out learners permits online. Uh, they kind of want you to take the test in front of them, and you know. I can I can test to this. Yes, it took me a couple tries. Yes, so so that's you can't you can't just uh, you know have your your fifteen and a half year old you know just uh, go online and attempt to take the test online. Yeah, you got to know how what signs mean. You got to you got to know a lot before you even get the permit. Yeah. You can't just, you know, hey, hey, Dad, what does that stop sign mean? You know, it's not going to work. They kind of want you to little octagon that says stop. What does that mean? (laughs) Yes. What is what is what is thirty five miles per hour mean? (laughs) Stuff stuff that they want to make sure that you actually know. Um, But moving moving off of these, the you know, the the joking around a little bit about traffic. uh, Very serious story, actually, Jeff, that you covered in regards uh, to concern about. opioids and, and fentanyl and, and drugs. The, the attorney general has made a very, very big deal of this and is actually starting a new campaign. Um, what exactly is the attorney general, general doing? Why now? What What is the messaging? Uh, basically, you, you're, as you're right, he's been concerned about this for, for a while now. And, um, and you, you want to put counterfeit drugs in this category as well. Um, and I'll explain what that means a little bit later on. But basically, this initiative is called One Pill Can Kill. He made the announcement today that there will be statewide 30-second PSAs in both radio. So you'll hear them on WRBA at some point. And you'll see them on TV as well, just talking about the dangers of fentanyl. And uh, uh, the fact that uh, Jason Miaras was saying today that uh, there's been a lot of instances of these drug dealers who basically lace things like Flintstones chewable vitamins with fentanyl and distribute them to very young kids. And um, it's something that uh, he says is going rampant in the state. And uh, uh, he's hoping that this campaign will open up discussions about the dangers of this sort of stuff and uh, make people aware that uh, this is happening and I remember that there was a scare or a a possibly a a threat that it wasn't, of course, I don't think it was very credible, but some people in some circles were saying that some people were going to be lacing candy with fentanyl on Halloween. Yeah. Haven't heard any widespread reports of that. Heard heard very few to to no reports of that. But but fentanyl, you know, not to downplay it. No, no, not at all. Fentanyl is a, 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 a issue. It is an extremely toxic drug, yes. uh, very dangerous drug. It can kill very easily. And it is interspaced with a, um, a lot of drugs um, and mixed in to um, want to make, make it more cheap, you know, make, make the, the concoctions more cheap. Yeah. Plus it, it's addictive and it, it, it has an impact. Yeah. And that's the concern there. It is highly addictive. And um, Miaris was saying that uh, there was a bill in the General Assembly trying to make uh, someone who knowingly laces something with fentanyl that's given to a young child who may, you know, have an overdose death, having that person be liable for felony homicide. Uh, it uh, it's had a history in the General Assembly. He said it was passed by the General Assembly a few years ago and was vetoed by Governor Northam, then Governor Northam, uh, 
he said last year when Governor Northam uh, was in office, that died in a Senate committee or, or maybe the Senate defeated it, uh, but it didn't uh, uh, succeed last year. So he's trying again, hopefully. I mean, of course, he can't introduce the bill when, when he was a member of the General Assembly. He did. But right. he's hoping that that happens this year. And and to be fair, and, and we don't know the issues behind it, behind it being killed. You know, Miara's is a Republican. The Senate is controlled by Democrats. There yeah. have been philosophical, true philosophical issues, um, you know, on some of the, the criminal issues. Um, and without having those in front of me, we don't want to necessarily. Right, say, right. But I'm just giving you the bare bones. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm, I'm putting my caveat in. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> yeah. with anything. Since we don't know, don't know exactly where, where the issues were with those bills, uh, you right. know, we don't want to impart uh, blame on either side. No, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but again, you know, just something to keep keep an, keep an eye on. Um, like this. Well, you'll certainly see the PSAs coming up uh, very soon, either hear them on WRVA or actually uh, see them on TV. Yes. And, and you know, the, the several times this year, the local health districts have put out spike alerts yeah. for, for drugs. It's, it's a real problem. Yep. Yeah. So it is, it is an issue. Uh, final story, which could potentially be a real problem for us getting food on our plates or getting fuel to our cars. Um, remember when we did stories on the rail strike back in uh, September and then we thought it was all solved and uh, you know, everything was good and we didn't have to worry about all that. Well, actually, all they did was push the deadline back to December. You know, it's kind of like kind of like the um, kicking the can down the road. It's yeah, it's kind of like uh, the oh, why, why am I the budget uh, deadlines? The uh, you yes. know with uh, with the federal government. Um, basically, if all twelve unions don't come to an, ag- an agreement by uh, December eighth, we could be looking at another rail strike, which would be a bad deal because well it'd be the first rail strike and not another rail strike well well yeah well i mean there have been sorry there have been previous rail strikes in history yes absolutely not in not in recent history though this is true yes we could be looking at a rail strike yes um but um part of the issue is and and i I was shocked at this number uh jeff smith a, a professor of supply chain management at vcu he's actually the department chair he spoke uh to our jeff katz and um, he said that if you took rail off of the rails, you'd need another quarter million trucks to transport. Um, wow! Transport stuff around the country. Think of think of how bad I eighty one is now in uh, in Western Virginia. Or now even ninety five for that matter. Yeah, and now put a quarter. Now they wouldn't all be on eighty one, but no. imagine putting another quarter million trucks out on the roads. <laughs> it would just it would be be awful. Um, and there just aren't a quarter million trucks there to, to move everything. The big it wouldn't impact Christmas goods, as he says. Most of those are already in place. Your you know your your PS fives, your uh, you know new generation Xboxes, uh, you know your your laptops and everything. Those are kind of in place, but it would impact food and it would impact the SLA. Um, and you know as we move later on, it would it would impact other stuff. He doesn't think that will actually strike. He thinks that uh, the rail companies can come to an agreement um, prior to the deadline or just thereafter to avoid a major strike. Because if we do go to a major long strike, it would be a recession almost definitely. Um, is Congress? I mean, it's something that Congress is going to have to intervene possibly, um, or possibly the Biden administration. They they did in September. They would have to probably again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, uh, you know, at some point there has to be a longer term agreement. And the funny thing is, it's not even really salary. That's the issue because um, they're being offered 24% raises. Heck, I could go for a 24% raise. And I know you two could both go for a 24%. I think pretty much anybody would yes. go for a 24% raise, no matter how much they make. As I as I am the one who ne- who negotiates your salaries, I know you both could would be asking. As we all know, that's not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> so we're going on strike. Yes. <laughs> But um, on scene, on scene on the podcast is 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 David lifting up his arm in solidarity of four percent raise. Um, but um, the bigger issue is paid sick time. Uh, they basically don't get paid sick time, um, and they actually don't even have really regular schedules, and that's what they're looking for. That um, is a, a kind of a raw deal not to have paid sick time. Yeah. So so so. It'll be interesting to see what works out. Some unions have agreed, some haven't, some haven't voted yet. And um, what happens usually is if uh, a couple don't agree, then they all go out in solidarity. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but again, he doesn't think it, it, it will get to that point, but you have to be uh, concerned of it. And if you're taking Amtrak, Amtrak uh, will uh, shut down a little bit earlier, even though it's freight rail and not a passenger rail. They'll cut trains out a little bit earlier because they operate on the freight lines. And that, well, when we were down to the wire in the last threatened strike, Amtrak stopped service for a day, didn't they? Yeah, they stopped. They stopped. uh, I don't know if they stopped all service coming out of Richmond because the Richmond line uses um, uses straight lines. Um, But they 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 did cut it back a decent amount. Yeah. Basically, basically, the only place where Amtrak operates its own on its own lines is from DC North. So, um, you know, from, from everything else South is, is CSX, I believe, or Norfolk Southern. Um, and so, you know, you, if there are issues on the lines, they, you know, they, they have issues themselves. So, so, you know, maybe, maybe hold off on those, those, uh, train trips, uh, in December, which it just now occurs to me that my parents are coming down on the train in December. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Well, and last and last year, just final final story time. Last year, they were supposed to go back on the train, and we had the major northeast uh, snowstorm that uh, tied up everything for three extra days. So, so who knows? So, but anyway, so this has been the uh, the Tuesday evening edition of its news to us. Like we said, Jeff will handle tomorrow's, and then we'll be off for the rest of the week, barring major breaking news, in which case we'll we'll figure something out. But. This will be the last, uh, tomorrow's will be the last one for the rest of the week. So for Jeff Stapleton and for David Lefkowitz, I'm Matt Demline. Jeff will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.